0: We hope you're blessed and encouraged by the following study from Calvary Chapel, El Mani. It's our simple prayer that you would grow stronger and deeper in an intimate and personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Should you have any questions, please feel free to contact us here at Calvary Chapel, El Mani. Psalm 139. I think there's some Bibles uh, needed up here, guys. They'll come sooner or later. <laughs> All right, let's get started. Uh, this psalm is a cool psalm uh, from our brother David. Um, and he really gives us a clear picture of who God is and um, and what his limitations are. And his li- limitations are what? He has none, right? God has no limitations. Um, the God of the universe who created all, all things knows everything and is everywhere all the time. Um, it's, a, it's an awesome psalm, like I already said. Uh, when you have questions about how God is towards you and... Uh, if he, if he really is with you, um, it's a psalm to to wake us up when uh, when we think or when I think I know everything, uh, or think we can get away from the Lord somehow. This psalm should bring a much comfort to us as believers, um, but also um, put put us in our place as His creation, uh, giving Him all authority over our lives. As we go through the psalm, we're going to cover th- uh, four points for uh, note takers. Uh, the first point is uh, God knows everything, verses 1 through 6. God is everywhere, verses 7 through 12. God knows us personally, verses 13 through 18. And last one, um, number four, our reaction to God's power, 19 through 24. So we'll... uh, Read it all, then we'll come back. Everyone there? Let's read. It says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance, yet being unformed, and in your book they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. O oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God! Depart from me, therefore, you bloodthirsty men! For they speak against you wickedly, your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate them, O Lord, who hate you? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with perfect hatred, I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties, and see if there is any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way of everlasting. Pretty cool Psalm, huh? Lots, and lots in there, and I'm, you know, barely going to skim off a little bit in the in the study today. Um, but can, can we comprehend the knowledge of the Lord? Can we know how much He knows? Uh, we, we probably never will, and we sh- we shouldn't. Uh, God's knowledge is is so out there that trying to think about it or figure it out um, could could be somewhat damaging to us. Uh, we shouldn't try in any way to be the uh, at the same level as God or try to put ourselves in the same place where we consider ourselves equal to the Lord. We have to come to grips with His majesty and and how much He really knows about us, His people. Verse 1 says that He searched me. The word search is defined as uh, examine and to investigate. Uh, The Lord examines us. He checks us out, um, and He sees us from the inside out, unlike anyone else. Um, the people in our lives um, might know us well. You know, my wife knows me well. Um, probably knows me the best. Um, as as a parent, I know my kids well. and I, and I, I know I have I have friends that I know. You know, in the same way. But all these relationships and um, and the qualities of them pale in co- comparison to how the God how God knows us, how He knows us. He knows our sitting down and our rising up. He knows when, what we have done from the time we wake up to the time we go to sleep. Um, there isn't a time in the day when the Lord takes his eyes off of me and, and off of you too. Um, now you can take, these, uh, take this in different ways, right? You could have a, a little fear, and that helps sometimes. Um, but the thought we need to come away with is, is that the Lord wants to be a part of our lives. That uh, And not just sometimes, every single moment he wants to be there with us. He wants us to know that he is available uh, to us any time, all the time. And that should be comforting to us uh, as his children, that the creator of the universe, the creator of the universe, the one who casts every star into the sky and knows them all by name, would want to be constantly by my side and by your side as well. You know, it's a trip that God... uh, you know, who put the sun there, the moon there, and holds everything in place. Uh, would want to hang out with me and you. Um, you know, the second half of verse 2 and 3 go together. The second half of verse 2 and 3. Um, when we go places, whether it be physically or spiritually, God knows our thoughts and the paths that we're taking. Uh, he's acquainted with all our ways, and He is familiar with everything we do and think. And that can encompass a lot of areas in our life Um, and but the thing that that I was hit with because when you study the word you know um, God kind of gets you sometimes Um, and I was hit with that that God knows when I'm slacking off uh, when I'm not doing what he's uh, asked me to do in his in the ministry at home um, in my life personally I know know a lot of us are involved here at Calvary Chapel mine in different ways um, and the leadership here has called us to um, to be excellent you know, to try our best, you know, to be an excellent ministry. Um, And that's definitely something we should be striving for or wanting. Probably never get there because of all others. We're sinners, right? Um, But um, the Lord expects the same of all of us. Just to obey Him, what He's called us to do in different ways, Uh, whether it be like if we're serving the children's ministry, the marriage ministry, anywhere else. Um, And the Lord has placed overseers over us. And, um, you know, overseers serve the servants. Um, but I know sometimes I got a lot of excuses about what I uh, what I didn't do. Um, you know, something in the ministry. You know, I give my overseer an excuse, and it's probably a good excuse um, sometimes. But he doesn't—he doesn't know everything, right? My overseer, whoever it is, he doesn't know everything like God does. Um, he doesn't know how much TV I watched that week, or or other things that I did to prevent me from doing what I was supposed to be doing. You know, he's a human, another sinner. Um, But we all know who does, right? God knows everything. God knows what we were doing, what I was doing. He knows how much I slacked off because he was there. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to give my my excuse to the Lord first and see if it gets past him, which probably won't. And then I'll give it to my overseer. Um, Because I know, you know, we can't always do everything. Um, But you know, uh, my laziness or my lack of priority shouldn't be a reason why I don't do them. So I probably won't be given any excuses anymore. Uh, this can carry into our workplace or even our home, you know, as employees or, or uh, employers, um, as a husband or as a wife, um, as a child. Uh, God knows. And, um, but most of all, I think uh, we need to come away with is that God's there with us to help us in any way we, he can if we, if we give him access. Verse 4, there is not a word on my tongue that the Lord doesn't know about. This is not speaking of the word spoken. It sounds funny. Not speaking of the word spoken from us, but he's talking about the words that are on our tongue, the ones that don't come out. Um, I've always been uh, the quiet quiet guy, Uh, but this very much applies to the thinker. Um, I sometimes think I did well by not telling something to that rude person at the store or that person down the road. But I did tell that person something, right? But God's the only one that heard. Um, kind of tough thing to think about, but it's very true. We just need to have everything, uh, even our thoughts, in under control. Like it says at the end of the verse, it says, O oh Lord, you know it all together, everything. Um, verse 5, it says, He has put a hedge behind me and before me, and this head speaks of protection, uh, to secure, to shut in, and to enclose. The Lord Lord knows all of our days. Um, he has his hand on our past, present, and future. Uh, and the days on this earth are all according to his knowledge. He gave us life. He continues to bless us with the days that we have on, on earth um, until his plan for our lives is over. And then he takes us out. I'm not sure if you, th- if you can think about but but... Um, I was thinking after the second service of all the ways the Lord protected me, even when I was living crazy. Um, it's because he had a plan, right? The plan wasn't over. Um, but When it's over, he'll, he'll take, take me out. Um, and Now as believers, we should take extreme comfort in that. I know our circumstances vary in extreme ways, uh, what we're going through, uh, but we all have that future eternal dwelling place uh, in heaven. And that and only that should bring us together to rejoice in whatever situation we're in. Uh, It doesn't matter. Um, I'm not sure how the Lord knows all this, uh, but he is God, right? He's the Lord. Um, I know you guys are familiar with this verse. It's Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens is higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. To put it plainly, the, his knowledge is too high for us. Um, Psalm seven five says, Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite. Infinite. So God knows everything, right? Agreed? All right, point number two, God is everywhere. God is everywhere. Verses uh, 7 through 12, let's read them over again. Um, where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. Here's another one of uh, uh, God's attributes. Or, qualities that the Lord has is that He is everywhere. He's everywhere. I kind of touched on this a little bit in the first point, but it's it's totally different. And it does not mean that God is in everything, um, but that He is everywhere. It speaks of His Spirit, um, Him Himself being everywhere all the time. Only God has this quality. Uh, And this again, we cannot begin to comprehend how big and powerful our God is. We cannot flee from His Spirit no matter how hard we try. Uh, Or his presence, we cannot get to a place where we can escape him. Heaven, he is there. In hell, he is there. I just say that. He's there, right? He's there. Uh, We know that that he is in hell, being the creator of it. Um, His judgment and wrath dwell there. So he is there. Kind of a weird thing to think about, but very, very true. And it's crazy how it says, um, that if I make my bed in hell. Um, that's where they get that saying, right? If you, uh, you've made your bed, now you can line it, right? Uh, this expression is commonly used as a response to people who have been complaining about problems they have brought on themselves. You made a decision and uh, now must accept its consequences. Or if you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you have made the decision of eternal riches, the total opposite we have or will have uh, made a decision on where we spend eternity. And in both places, God will be there. No matter how fast we go, uh, like it says in verse uh, sorry, uh, verse, verse 9, no matter how fast we go, how far our legs can take us, he will be there with wings, maybe flying, maybe to another country, he will be with us. Um, this was a, a, a big comfort for me when I uh, had the privilege to go to Cambodia Not only only was he with me in Cambodia, but he was with my family um, here, 8,200 miles away. Um, But In verse 9, most commentators believe uh, this is in reference to morning sunlight. Uh, With the quickness that the sun touches the earth, the speed of traveling light, uh, if we travel that fast, the Lord will still be with us. Um, It says that even uh, his hand shall lead me and his right hand shall hold me up. Uh, verses 11 12 speak of darkness. And what is darkness usually in reference to? Sin, right? Sin or um, something fishy going on, right? Nothing good in darkness. Uh, it's usually in reference to evil. Um, but when darkness comes in, evil usually comes with it. People use darkness as an opportunity to steal. You know, when electricity turns off, Right. Uh, to hurt and to get away with things, the darkness hides us from the eyes of human beings. It almost uh, also almost hides what we 're doing from ourselves too. The darkness makes it less offensive, so to speak, but like it says in verse twelve the Lord the night to the Lord, the night shines as the day. The NLT translates this verse this way it says to, the, uh, to you, the night shines as bright as a day' And darkness and light are the same to you, Lord. To the Lord, nothing is done in secret. To, uh, people sleep and, and get robbed. The Lord sees it. People go out and party. The Lord sees it. He saw me when I did. And there is no way to get away from the Lord. Daniel two, uh, twenty two. 22. i to write that down. Um, it says, He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness and light dwells with him. Hebrews four thirteen, and there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. You know, with, this, with these first two points of God being all knowing and everywhere at all all the time, you have to wonder why. Um, to wonder why why I go to anyone else besides him when I when I have trials when I'm going through something. You know, I have to admit, um, I've done this many times, to my shame, but I, when I was going through something crazy, uh, or some struggle, what'd I do first? I picked up the phone, right? Picked up the phone to talk to somebody. Um, I needed help, I needed someone to, to calm me down, and whom did I go to? Another sinner, another sinner, um, someone who didn't know all the details, and someone who wasn't God. We should, and I should never go and ask anyone before the Lord. We should have that implanted into our heads. The first reaction um, should always be to get on, on my knees first instead of, instead of picking up the phone. And it's much quicker, to right? because he already knows everything that's going on. You don't have to explain or anything like that. He knows everything already. Uh, it's just an option that's there if we take it to get right with the Lord and also to, to get direction from, to get wisdom, to, to get forgiveness, even if it, if it applies. Um, that's, it's always better to go to the Lord first. Uh, not that there's nothing wrong with counsel, um, but the Lord is uh, definitely one we want the most counsel from, right? The Lord. Um, Okay, point number three. God knows us personally. Uh, Verses 13 through 18. Let's read those again. Verse 13 through 18. and It says, For you form my inward parts. You cover me uh, in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance, yet being unformed. And in your book, They all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I shouldn't count them, they would be more in number than this sand. When I awake, I am still with you. When did your life begin? Lots of people who have different opinions about that. Um. But right here, according to the Lord, uh, it began before you came out of your mama's belly, right? Uh, It says right there that the Lord formed you, uh, your inward parts in your mother's womb, covered you. That word covered in verse 13 means to entwine as a screen, to fence in, to protect and defend. You know, it's a total trip. How the Lord started to fashion us together inside the womb and how the babies develop in there. The Lord made the womb of a mother to be a secure place for a growing baby, correct? Um, but uh, what, has, what has it become? Um, the womb has, has become a, a, a murder scene sometimes. I leave it to us humans to totally change a scene that the Lord planned for growth and peacefulness to a place of murder and fear. Verse 14 says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. I think this gives us some insight about how we are to protect life and how we're supposed to reverence the sanctity of life. Um, We are to be fearful of life along with the protection of life in itself. And and when I say that, I simply mean that we are totally to recognize who gives life and who we are standing up against when we choose to take it or decide whether uh, to support life in general. When you look at someone, especially their children, you have to realize that the Lord has made them wonderful. Their qualities, their, their eyes, their the internal organs, how they work, how they're so different from each other. Everything about them is wonderful. About us is wonderful. But the main reason is that God made us in his image, in his image. And we are supremely valuable to him. Verse, uh, Genesis uh, 1 verse 27 says, So God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created him. You know what a great honor that is, right? To be made in his image. I know that that whenever there is a baby born, everyone starts to put their vote and see who the baby looks like, right? Either mom or the dad. Sometimes there's never a an agreement, right? But we all know who we look like, right? We all look like the Lord. We're created in his image, so that settles the debate. Any baby that comes out and say, it looks like the Lord. All right. And like it says in the last part of verse 14, all the Lord's works are marvelous. Can you deny that? All the Lord's works are marvelous. If you look deep down in your soul, all the things the Lord has given you and supplied you, our souls should totally be in tune to how good our God is toward us. You know, David, when he's writing this psalm, he must have been in a place in his life where he could not doubt, in his heart of hearts, how marvelous the works of the Lord were. There is no denying how much the Lord has blessed him and us, and how we should be so very grateful and thankful to Him every day. And the Lord was even spending time with us in the womb. He saw our substance and how we were being skillfully made inside our mother's womb, from the side of from the size of a period in your Bible to the size of a newborn baby. You know, some kids, babies vary in size, some than another. But the Lord was watching us the whole time, having that personal touch and relationship with us in the womb. Uh, the evidence of, the, of, this is, of that is in this question. Why do newborns smile? Anybody know? Because I have a newborn, a week old. Oh, she's four weeks now, but even a week old, even the day she came out, she's already smiling already smiling sometimes frowning but but smiling right and I didn't tell her any jokes or anything but why would they smile for um, you know they they haven't had any any experiences of, of happiness yet and probably shocked from coming out right because they come out like all crazy um, but that, that trips me out, but the only explanation I can come up with is that the Lord's spending time with them. The Lord's spending time with them. Um, crazy thing, but um, crazy theory. <laughs> but I think it's true. Uh, I think the Lord was talking to her, spending precious time with her. Uh, there are many people close that are close to me, many people that I think and then pray about, but most of my thinking is is about my family. Um, you know I love them. I want them to be I want to be there for them. I want to protect them and uh, want them to be okay. You know I'm not sure if you've come to grips to how much the Lord wants to be a part of your life and how much He thinks about you. you know his his thoughts about us about you are precious, you know it's kind of a girly word, but it has a good. Uh, meaning, It means to be highly valued. It means to be esteemed and to be costly. His thoughts are so many toward us, so much that the Lord thinks about us that they are innumerable. You cannot count them. And what kind of thoughts do you think the Lord has of you? In Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. 11, you guys know that verse, right? For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. And next time you go to the beach, Um, look at the sand. Look at the sand. All those little grains of sand are thoughts of the Lord about you. You know, I can't comprehend that in my mind. But he's the Lord, right? He can and is able to do the things that he says and even think about us that much. That's just a visual uh, that he's given us to show us how much he really, really, really wants the best for us and how precious we are to him. And so precious that he sent who? To die for us, right? Jesus Christ to die for us. That's how much he loves us. He gives us his only son. uh, In a way, uh, that must be chosen by each of us individually here um, if we haven't made that choice already. Right. Point number four. 19, 19 through 24. Our reaction to God's power. 19 through 24. Let's read those. It says, Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, you bloodthirsty men. For they speak against you wickedly. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate them, O Lord, who hate you? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and and see if there is any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way of everlasting you know reading the psalm guys I'm not sure what kind of feeling you get when you read about God being everywhere and God knowing everything and him wanting to be personally involved in your life um, but what I got is is a sense of a sense of urgency to lead to lead my life pleasing to him with with all my heart and here David kind of gives us some details about what he wants to do. And he just wants to stay away from wicked people, right? Stay away from wicked things. He doesn't want to be involved with them. He draws a clear line in the sand of separating himself from the enemies of the Lord. And these people he is referencing here are people who stand up against the Lord. They are defiant and they are bloodthirsty men, men who take the name of the Lord in vain, men who speak evil of the Lord. Um, David makes a stance uh, that he loathes these who rise up against the Lord and those who speak evil of the Lord, and um, he hates them. He hates them with perfect hatred, it says. He counts them as his own enemies. Now, the word hate there means, means what it means. It means hatred. And we know that biblically we're not supposed to hate people, right? But we're supposed to hate their what? The sins, right? The sins they're involved in. Very clear, we are not to associate or accept people's ideas or philosophies against the God that we serve. We should not accept them. It should not penetrate our brains or our hearts, and it should just bounce off our our heads when uh, someone speaks evil or questions anything that the Word of God says. It's pretty self-explanatory. David David was just settling it in his own heart, declaring that he wants nothing to do with sin or the people that practice sin. You know, People who are against the Lord, he wants no closeness to them. Um, but like we uh, went over earlier, uh, it's their deeds, right? It's the sin that we need to hate, not separate, uh, and separate from the people who are doing them. And we should have a heart to reach out to the lost, but have no relation to the sin. This is David's heart in response, I think, to knowing that God knows all and that he is everywhere. In the last two verses, um, we see that David knows that he isn't perfect. Uh, we know uh, that he fell a few times, and just like all of us probably will until we go home to be with the Lord. Uh, but David submits himself to the Lord and gives him access to his heart and tells him, Lord, show me what's wrong with me. Show me what I'm doing wrong. Tell me where I'm failing you. and Am I grieving you in any way? He asks the Lord. That word "search" has a cool meaning. It means to, to penetrate, to get inside, to examine intimately and to find out. And David wants the Lord to search him. David's asking for trouble, huh? Uh, David, as we should as well, should let God inside, because sometimes we, we become dull sometimes, right? Insensitive to what we're doing. Even this sin, we don't see it. The Lord will reveal if there is any wicked way in you if you ask him to. The key, word is, the key is to asking, right? When you ask him, he will lead you in dealing with your struggles, but also lead you to, like it says, to life everlasting. There's some references of Psalm 5.8. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me. Psalm 143.10. Cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning, for in you do I trust. Cause me to know the way in which I should walk, for I lift up my soul to you. Deliver me, O Lord, from my enemies. In you I take shelter. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. You know, in studying this psalm, even before actually studying for this study, (laughs) I was really, really uh, dealing with things in my life. Uh this psalm kept coming up in, in studies I listened to and um, just talking to people as well. But to, to, that God was dealing with me, most of all. You know, we always have to be looking for, for areas to grow in, you know, to put off sin in our lives. Um, but uh, the way he's been speaking to me is... Uh, you know, we had together, a couple people and a group of us in the church are working on this book. Um, and it's called Self-Confrontation. Uh, and, and it is what the title says. It's called, it it ex- asks you to examine yourself deeply. Um, one of the things that, that has stood out to me and how they, how they advise you to deal with sin You know they do give you the basics. You know, um, asking for forgiveness, repenting, um, and not dwelling on the sin. God has God has uh, cast it away, right? Um, but it it uh, it by no means uh, ends there. It doesn't stop there. It kind of reminds me of this of this program that we have at work. Uh, I'm a, I'm a welder, so more or less build things, right? But we always have like a Whenever we have a project, we have a um a book has all the paperwork of the prints, um, so on and so forth. And uh, really detailed. And when something goes wrong, um, there's this uh this guy, uh he's in charge of the QAQC program. Anyone heard of that before? Quality assurance, quality control program. And um whenever something goes wrong goes wrong, you know, he gets a call and uh and everything stops. Everything stops. Um, and he comes in. No one likes it when he comes. No one likes it when he comes. But uh, he comes in, and he investigates—not uh, to find fault, um, but to fix it. You know, to find out who who did wrong and why they did wrong. Talks to supervisors. Talks to workers. Looks through the prints. Looks through the folders. Um, finds out who inspected this. You know, just totally investigates. Um, And then he does his his report and they stick it in a file and then when that job comes up again, they take that file out and, you know, try to remember what happened back then. Uh, Not to find fault, supposedly. Not to find fault, but to just to get better, right, as a company and so on and so forth, that we don't make the same mistakes twice. Uh, But that's what this book um, had you do. It had you do. Um, and on a daily basis, uh, you would uh, write down you know, all the things that happened throughout the day um, that you struggled with um, in detail, uh, the people that were involved, uh, what was said, um, why you shouldn't be doing that, and what you should be doing instead. Uh, even a plan. To uh, uh, to prevent it, you know, and also if that plan doesn't work, a contingency plan, you know. So really, really in depth, and I, and I was really, really challenged um, by all that. Um, um, but but one of the things, you know, I've been at, I've been at home for four weeks, and I got I got five kids. Don't look at me like that. I have five kids, uh, seven to to newborn, and um, been challenged, been challenged, uh, very much so. Um, With uh, patience, obviously, right? Um, Anger sometimes. Um, But, you know, whenever I talk to people about it, it's kind of like a... You know, you have all these kids, you know, it's kind of almost an excuse to be impatient, to uh, uh, and not be loving all the time. Um, but is it? It's not, right? And uh, this, this book really, really dealt with me, and this psalm really, really spoke to me in those areas, how not just the things I did wrong, but how the Lord was there with me, and how much he wants to help me out. Because whose children are those they're his right and um and just looking through this psalm guys i want you guys to know that that in whatever situation you're in um, no matter how hard it is that god is there to help you and to support you Um, and romans 8 32 says uh, he who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all how shall he not with him also freely give us all things everything we need he'll give us no matter what situation we're in no matter what age we're at uh, anything so in review um uh, the, the points God knows all it surpasses everything we might know it's beyond our thinking God is everywhere we cannot hide everything we do he is there with us um, God is personal he made us intimately and also wants to be a part of our lives intimately. And our reaction to God's power, to hate sin and separate yourself from anything or anyone that is against the Lord. I wanted to read you a psalm and then that'll be it. Psalm 121, if you guys can turn there. All right, Psalm 121. It says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence my comes from whence comes my help. My help comes from the lord who made heaven and earth he will not allow your foot to be moved he who keeps you will not slumber behold he who keeps israel shall not neither slumber nor sleep the lord is your keeper the lord is your shade and your right hand the lord shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night the lord shall preserve you from all evil he shall preserve your soul the lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from the time from this time forth and forevermore Amen. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, let's pray. Hello, oh, we come before you, Lord, just thanking you for your presence here, Lord, and how much you, uh, you do love us, Lord, and how much you want us to be a part of our lives, Lord, and how you think about us so much, Lord, and how, uh, again, Lord, you are here right now. Lord: We hope you were encouraged by this study. If you have any questions, please call us at Calvary Chapel, El Monte, at air code 626 3414 Remember that Jesus loves you.